Welcome back to another episode of Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. You're here today with me, David Forsyth, and my co-host Todd Lucas from the as-yet-unreleased Movies by Minute podcast, Edge of Tomorrow Minute. We're here to discuss Minute 80 of Into the Night which opens with Diana rattling off some numbers and closes with the limo driving triumphantly down Copa de Oro Road. What do you think? Do you think, uh, do you think that that address that Diana gives out is her real address? One, two, three, four, Malibu Canyon Road, Malibu, California. Well, no, obviously not her real address. Oh, okay. I mean, she said very few things so far that have been true. So why would we expect that to be true? Yeah, right. And, and besides, who has an address of one, two, three, four? Yeah, nobody. I, well, just to set the scene, we we have because you know it's entirely possible that someone jumped right into episode eighty of Into the Night Minute. Um, we have Diana still talking to the uh, to Sheriff Peterson, giving her details so he can reach her later. And uh, what does she say? She says one, two, three, four. Something. Malibu Canyon Road. Malibu Canyon Road, which. Um, I think you looked up is not a not a real place, right? No, it, there is a real place. There's some place there with an address. I couldn't get a look at it. Okay. Um, but when you look at it in uh, just map view you in Google, you can see that there's some sort of a, a trail coming off of Malibu Canyon Road, and it, there's a trailhead there right next to that house. Okay. So if that's of any importance, I wouldn't know. <laughs> All right. Well, after that, she perceives... To give out her phone number, which begins with four five six, and our number is four five six twenty one ninety nine. Yeah, these numbers that she's giving out are strangely sequential, right? Like you don't yeah. don't find too many sequential addresses or telephone numbers. Is she trying to tip off Sheriff Peterson that something's awry here, or is she just again bad at making stuff up on the spot? And I think they're trying to say she's bad at making things up. I mean, if you were going to really, uh, you know, mess with that, you know, you would have gone one, two, three, four for the address and then five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, she does sort of pull it out at, at the end of the phone number. She says, like, I forget what she says, but it's twenty one ninety nine, twenty one ninety nine. Yes. Which is, you know, that's a that's the correct amount of numbers for a 1985 telephone number. Um it's also the price of various things she might have purchased recently. So, right. Um, or she was going to earn 25, I know it's $25,000, not $21,999 for bringing these emeralds into the country. So, maybe that was after her expenses. We'll after just, taxes. Pretend, yeah, yeah. Pretend that she's like, I don't know, an accountant. That's what she really does when she's, you know, not being a fashion model or an aspiring actress or a jewel thief. Yeah. Could be. So she's she's already figured out what what she'll gross uh, with this uh, diamond or sorry, six perfect emerald smuggling operation. Uh, and um, yeah, that's what it is. So I, we've okay, solved then. it. Cracked it. Cracked it. No, I do. I can do kind of like the the smirk that Ed gives as she's giving out these details. It's it's very uh, um, it's very merd eating grin. Mm hmm. Reveling in his one upsmanship or, or his. Uh, you know, winning one over or, or maybe he's just, you know, presenting the, 
the husband who is the, the concerned husband. I don't know. Concern's not the right word, but. He just, uh, you know, he's nodding along with what she's saying as if, yep, she's getting it right. <laughs> Believe me, as the man in this scene, she's getting it right. The little lady has knows her address. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, could be. The 80s yeah. were a weird time, so. But then, you know, just to make sure nothing goes wrong here, he jumps into saying, oh, oh, look at the time. Ooh, uh, um, look at the time. Honey, we're going to be really late. Which I feel is Goldblum being very Goldblum. It's definitely you know? the Goldblumiest bit of this uh, five minutes. It's, you know, most of this scene is maybe like two Goldblums on the Goldblumometer. Um, yeah. This, yeah. He's definitely time. Goldblum, but maybe like Goldblum just after he's woken up from a long sleep, you know? So, yeah. you know it's him, but, you know, he's not giving you much to work with. Yeah, the, ooh, honey, look at the time is very, that's like, oh, man. that's 10 gold blooms right there. Yeah, I so. was feeling it. I was uh, really happy about to see that, you know, because he's been so bored most of this time. They haven't given him all that much to work with. And he even gives a little gold bloom hop as he goes around the back of the limo, too, which is yep. which is great. He's very excited. Very, very excited. So... Um, he's excited to not have to go to the Roberts house, I think is what it is. According to what uh, Diana says next, at least. As they're, as they're getting into the limo, Diana addresses, um, Sean and Jeff. Um, Sean, Jeff, could you walk Pierre over to the Roberts house? We're so late as it is, and it's only a block from here. And asks them to walk Pierre to the Roberts house because they're late and they can't drive him up the hill because even though it's only a block from there but then you know ed says see you later later pierre and this is the moment when he has that huge merit-eating grin for sure <laughs> yeah. see you later pierre and and this is the point where i feel that ed has turned a corner i think this is actually a big this whole scene here is a big thing for ed because this is the point when when Diana has actually shown her true colors, he he's been hopeful that maybe she would, you know, not be completely self-centered. But here she actually proves it. She came back with the emeralds. She brought mm -hmm. reinforcements and a plan and a plan. Yeah. And now they are getting away and, and you know, they are now a unit. Whereas before right. it was, you know, him helping her or, you know, her. Uh, Leading him around by the nose. Exactly. <laughs> right. And now now it's it's the two of them. Uh, having outsmarted this gentleman with a pistol and uh, and um, and his and his heavies and um, and they stole their limo, <laughs> St stole their damn town car. Yeah, yeah, it's so. it's great, man. Yeah, <laughs> they've finally taken an active role rather than just running away or watching all of their friends and contacts dry up. You're right. I I do like the um, the taunt that that comes with the see you later, Pierre. Um, you know. Uh, it's it's um you know he's he's feeling feeling good feeling superior i think he's just finally feeling happy he hasn't been happy you know for i don't know however long he's not been sleeping i guess yeah so you know we're finally seeing him turn the corner in his personal journey who knows what's going to happen in the story from here on but at least ed has started becoming happy which i think is about the only thing we've been invested in from the beginning of this film <laughs> I really like the restraint that the that the South African henchmen show here. Um, you know, they're they're standing sort of at attention in their suits, hands in their pockets, really. Um, and they don't give any of that typical like muscle overreaction when something goes bad. You know, they're not like chasing halfway down the street after the car, waving their hats or kicking the dirt or whatever. It's it's um, you know, they're they're very committed to the 
well, like we talked about in the last minute, sort of the respecting the the law enforcement and, and not wanting to not wanting to cross even the lone you know county sheriff who's you know not honestly much concerned for international jewel smugglers i wouldn't think but it's uh it's they're remarkably restrained and so is pierre really um he he's kind of maintains his composure although he's clearly steaming in his own juices there right it's, oh yeah now uh, before we get off of this minute i, I have I'm wondering about uh, one of our our heavies here, the other one that we haven't spoken about, the taller gentleman, yes, in, uh, the tan suit mm-hmm. with his thumbs in his vest. Yeah, he looks really familiar. Where do I know him from? He he was the the heavy that was in in a 007 movie. Uh, let me go back through my notes here. And I'm thinking it's more of a role where you know he had speaking parts. It was actually like a nice person, a normal person, not a heavy. Uh, nothing that I found. He was definitely uh, credited as as Thug, and uh, and he was in some Doctor Who episodes uh, where he would have been in costume. He was a, played a Croton. So uh, interesting. Maybe he just looks an awful lot like somebody who I don't know looked like a high school principal or something. <laughs> Robert Labasserie, I believe, is his yeah, name. And it doesn't ring any bells. Yeah, he he had uh, like. Over a dozen or close to a dozen acting credits, but this was his last one. So hmm. if, if if you remembered him from anything, it was before this. So, Yeah, yeah, probably not then. No. Oh, well, he looks like a guy that could have done some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's rocking those uh, 70s um, sort of shooter glasses uh, for sure. Um, yep. and, and the tan suit. He's really doing doing both uh, justice, the, the three piece yeah. tan suit. So. It's the vest. The vest really makes the man here. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it gives him a place to put his thumbs, too. So, well, yeah, it's a great place when, you know, when you're not supposed to be doing anything with your hands. Right. What Where do I do with his, my hands? His uh, buddy has to use his pants pocket, which makes a weird line out of his jacket. And, you know, it's, it's just a mess. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think that Mr. Labossary is uh, is is winning the style game in this particular instance. So, yep. And even if you throw the sheriff and Pierre uh, into that <laughs> mix, I think he's still winning, right? So well, yeah, the, Pierre is not setting a high bar. I mean, he's the Frenchman. He shouldn't be looking like he's wearing a leisure suit. Yeah, this is definitely an athleisure sort of look going on. That that jacket looks like a track suit, a jogging suit almost, with some shoulder pads and I don't know some sort. Of, it's it's sort of a cardigan sort of thing, but it, it definitely looks uh, relaxed. So. Yeah, it's like the mid '80s just threw up on a French guy. Um, but it apparently will hold a loose pistol with no problem. So yeah, because you never once see it. You know, you're looking at directly at him. He's standing next to the sheriff. You think he would notice a pistol shaped bulge just kind of leaning against that loose fabric? But there's nothing there. No, nothing. It's magic. Yeah. But uh, the sheriff and Pierre do get a nice moment here, where uh, the sheriff is is very nice and he begins to chat up Pierre. With that sort of patented American louder and slower when we know you don't speak English. We we just, you know, don't change what we say. We just say it louder and slower. So are you reading off of my notes? Because that's almost <laughs> word for word what I wrote down. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a thing that's it's for a, sure. It's, it's shared in the zeitgeist. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, he. What does he ask him? He asks him if he's having a good time here. In a America. nice time. A are nice you having a time. nice time in America. So, uh, are you having a nice time in America? You could tell that he's absolutely not. 
And it just when he says so, it makes Pierre jump so hard. <laughs> yeah, he definitely uh, sort of pivots towards him and, and stands to attention uh, and his eyes uh, widen up before he turns and looks like he's about to start kicking the dirt. Right. Um, with some yeah. frustration. He seems so. to be afraid of the sheriff, but only briefly. And then he's just super angry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at this point, what what is Pierre's move, right? They have to wander down the block towards the air quote Robert's house, right? Right. And, uh, you know, there's nothing in sight. I mean, what is a block here? I mean, you can see houses along one side and nothing but that scrub line sidewalk on the other side. And there doesn't seem to be any cross streets in either direction. No, they're, they're really, I mean, this is, uh, this is essentially Pacific coast highway. The, on the other side of those houses is the beach and there's, there's not much, there's not much there. That's, that's why Malibu exists, right? Because it can be sort of isolated between the hills and the beach. And, and there, there's really one main drag, uh, through there and, um, and, and, and not much else to, to be interrupted by. It sounds like a good location. It's a great location if you can afford it. If you can afford it, right. But, you know, maybe we can if we can get a hold of those six perfect emeralds, right? Mm. Well, apparently, you only get $25,000 for those. So. Or 20. I think she said they were priceless, though. <laughs> well, I mean, even priceless has its price. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. So after Pierre's um, introduction to American English at the hands of Sheriff Peterson... We see the limo tearing it up down uh, down Copa de Oro Road. So, do you know where Copa de Oro Road goes? Not specifically. Oh. Um, I, I did take a look at at the uh, the location because it's uh, it's Copa de Oro and it's a three hundred north. So there's an intersection there, and at that intersection, if you go into Street View on on Google Maps, it will actually show you at some point along that that stretch. A house that looks very much like a house that we'll be seeing in later minutes. So I think they're at least using the correct locations here, even if they don't shoot anything at that house. Yeah, that's good. It, it really puts you in in a real place. Well, you know, and that that kind of leads into the 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 theories from earlier casters and on this series uh, talking about how this might be a movie really just meant for people who live in Los Angeles. Yeah, maybe for movie people, because you know if these are any of these places are places that you would have driven through yourself, you probably know what house they're looking at. You know, they show you the front of that house and you're like, oh my goodness, I know who lives there. Sure. I mean, in you're, you're sort of in the part of town where houses have names and, or the, you know, they're named after who, who lives there. They're like, or who, who originally built the house and things like that. Right. So. Right. So yeah, they probably had to right there. They had to find an actual definite spot. Yeah. I'm really going to doubt that they had the budget to shoot anything in any of those places, but who knows? But we do we do get uh, some music coming back in into the minute as the as we see the uh, the limo start pulling up uh, Copa de Oro Road and it's it really is its triumphal blues lick like the guitars screaming we we're out in the free air now and we've you know well, yeah if you've got BB King working on the sound for your your movie you you need to throw them in as frequently as possible so. Yeah. Oh, and it, oh, it and is kind did. of jarring. Oh, they do. But yeah. I, I find that this this little bit is a little jarring after going so long without any any music. I mean, uh, previous casters minutes leading up to ours uh, with, uh, you know, Christie's murder and the beach and stuff. Yeah. There's no music during yeah. any of that. You're absolutely right about that. There's like almost nothing. I didn't even notice the the cop music you were talking about because I was just kind of tuned into being a silent movie. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty low in the mix too. It's it's very 
Um, it's it's easy to overlook it. But here we do get like a full keyboard swell into a, a screaming blues lick. Uh, oh, yeah. It I feels like we're, we're heading into a Ghostbuster scene or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. But it's it's no uh, you get you get no you don't get warmed up to it. It just it just bursts on the scene. And yeah. and, uh, you know, it, it's really indicating our 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 change out of this scene and into into the next uh, with with the. um I don't know. I guess it throws some optimism, maybe some hope in into this. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Our our, our good guys are winning, uh, which they haven't done at all until just this minute, really. Right. Yeah. There you go. And so we'll uh, leave it to uh, whoever comes next. And you know what? I don't even know who comes next. I I've been been listening to to the previous episodes, and I, I think the only published episodes or the last published episodes are the uh, Fright Night Minute guys, which. I appear on in minutes 15 through 20. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when that comes out, check it out and, and check check me out. No, I, why did I just say check me out? That's a weird phrase. I don't know. Why yeah. did you do that? Check me out, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm not sure who comes uh, after the Friday Night Minute guys or who comes after us, but I'm sure they'll be twice as good, at least, probably. I don't know. Um, 2.3. I'm going with 2.3 times as good. 2.3 times as good as us. Not as, right. Not compared to the Friday Night Minute guys. Those guys are gold. Yeah, so we'll we'll let the next team figure out what's at the other end of Copa de Oro Road, and um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any any anything else to talk about for this particular minute? Uh, not really. I mean, this is traditionally the moment when uh, the teams you know give their thoughts about the movie in general, but uh, I think we've pretty much given it. I've been talking to them because you know, we've gotten a really good set of minutes. We've gotten a few really good cameos. Um, and we are also getting the, you know, a turning point for our heroes finally. Sure. You know, I'm sure things are gonna, you know, go up and down again because this is how movies work, <laughs> but it's nice to actually see them win for a moment. Sure. And I mean, it, it would be, if you've been paying attention, it would be prudent to, to think that, you know, this is a peak in amongst some valleys, right? Uh, so you, you expect there to be a downturn coming soon, but but uh, you know, here at the end of minute eighty, we don't know about that. We, that's that's for that's for that's the future. the future, baby. Yeah, that's right. That's the nineteen eighty five future. So <laughs> no, but uh, you know what? I, I will give a, a little bit of wrap up on on this movie. I uh, it's it is a weird one in terms of uh, not knowing what it wants to do. Sometimes I think it it does sort of have its ups and downs and slow moments um it's not unpleasant right it's it's dynamic like we said it does have some peaks and valleys and and you do you do get some funny moments you do get some tense moments it's uh, you know i'm not gonna if, if somebody comes to me and says hey let's give me some recommendations for some movies to to take with me you know when i've only got space for 15 20 movies on this desert island i don't know who plans a trip to the desert <laughs> island with movies but uh, you know, I probably wouldn't recommend this one, but uh, this is not an unpleasant movie. I, no, I, I was I was glad to see it because, uh, yeah. you know, I didn't know it existed until yeah. you, you brought it to my attention for and this that, project. It really does seem to be a theme through through the other minutes as well. It's like, how did we not know about this movie? So, yeah. You know, I didn't know any about anything back then. If it didn't show up on cable, which was not something we had until I was about 12. Right. Uh, you know, and then I only knew what the eight movies that were playing any given month. <laughs> yeah. <you sort laughs> over of, and over again. Yeah. You sort of suffer from the, uh, 
the timing of HBO at that moment, right? So, oh no, we had them all. We had HBO, oh. we had Showtime, we had the Movie Channel, we had Cinemax, but they all played the same eight movies. Yeah, that's true. So now, now they take turns, right? Yeah, so. they have to because there's licensing deals now. Back then, yeah, it wasn't. A, it was the wild west of cable. Yeah, but and it was nice to to see this movie. I mean, it, I enjoy um, Jeff Goldblum pretty much any time. You know, you get a little dose of David Bowie. I mean, you know, how how wrong could that be? Yeah. Um, this is going to be my my earliest reference for Michelle Pfeiffer because I really, really hadn't noticed her in anything until, I guess, uh, you know, the second uh, Batman movie where she played Catgirl or Catwoman, whatever. Catgirl, yes. I'm sorry. She still was kind of young. Then. I thought, she, man, she's really young. But that was, you know, she was older than this, at least a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Here she's, yeah, she's very, very, very young, you know, and you get to see her back when, you know, during her more of model phase yeah because i didn't know anything about her back then well being the uh the greasophile that i was i did see grease 2 in the theater um so i (laughs) i uh remember her from that but uh, i don't think i've seen more than a few minutes of that in passing because it was at one point one of those movies that was eight movies that the the movie channels had running (laughs) it's a tragically underrated i don't know if i'm willing to commit to that statement but uh (laughs) Uh, I, i just on general principle, I don't like musicals. I mean, I've, I've gotten older and I have a certain appreciation for things. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm married to a music teacher, so sometimes you just got to have to change your mind about stuff. <laughs> right. But Grease 2 is not anything, any part of my wife's canon, so I definitely don't have to put up the effort, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, if you uh, ever find yourself taking a trip to a desert island, come see me and I'll... You. Set me up with Grease 2 and you. Into the Night. And yep. <laughs> all right. Um, but no, I, I think the, 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 the thing I took away most from this is sort of a recognition. John Landis is not a director I have ever, um, air quote, studied, really. But watching this and then thinking about some of his other movies that I know fairly well, it has really sort of given me insights into his, into his style. And, you know, I think I think a lot of this this movie having references to Los Angeles and movie making and other other movie makers um, really kind of indicates where he was in the in the pantheon of American filmmakers at the time. I, I, you know, whether he realistically is the sort of tail end of an older generation of filmmakers or not, like I don't. I don't think he comes from that pedigree, but I think uh, when you look at other directors around that time, I think you'll see Landis's work and his look um, and his 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 references and ideas look backwards. Whereas, you know, some of the other American filmmakers from the late 70s on um, sort of are taking things in their their own new directions. Right. Right. Yeah. He he does seem to have a, a more solid uh, hold on reality than a lot of his contemporaries. You know, they were, you know, they're being a little more experimental. They were trying to do, they had more of an indie, indie spirit to them. Whereas Landis was, you know, he was just telling his stories. He was making his movies. He was, you know, getting on with his life and hanging out with all of his, uh, his uh, professional buddies. Yeah. Pretty much how that was. I mean, because, you know, listening to other minutes and, you know, getting the lowdown on some of these other cameos. Some of these people were, you know, like one of the guys was the, the assistant AD 
on this movie and also the assistant AD on yeah. the show that's the fake show in the movie. And but then they they discussed how it seemed like most of his credits were with Landis on something. Right. So, you know, you, you get to see, you know, where his inner circle really lay. And then, you know, in this movie, you get to see basically his circle of, 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 you know, respectful peers within the community at large, you know, and you get to see people like, you know, Jim Henson, you know, if the story's true and they're all here to support him and his, uh, you know, his down moment with the, the accident from the twilight zone movie, then, you know, if, I'm seriously, if John, Jim Henson says, Hey, it's okay. This guy's cool. I'm going to believe that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jim Henson has, has earned a lot of, uh, credit in our lives i suppose he, yes he definitely it's unspendable he can't run out so right it's priceless <clears throat> anyway all right well i think that's probably a, a good place to put a bow on this and um you know we like to close out the weeks uh by acknowledging the other movies by minute producers out there and you can check them all out at movies by minutes.com uh, that's movies by minutes.com um, and then uh, thank the granddaddy of the Movies by Minutes format, the Star Wars Minute, uh, who generously loaned out this format to the rest of us. Um, so check out the site and see the more than 130 other pro projects to find out if your favorite movie is being covered or if maybe you just need to start your own Movies by Minute podcast. And as always, you can find the Into the Night Minute podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, or, you know, wherever other find podcasts are cached uh, or streamed or rss or I don't know, whatever verb we use for that. <laughs> or you can go straight to the main site, nightminute.com uh, and you can connect with us and all of the other Into the Night Minute podcasters at The King Lives Listeners Limo on Facebook or at, on Twitter at Night Minute. So jump in here on, on this week and this this fun week. I think this was a, a good, good, solid set week of minutes uh yep thanks jim i definitely enjoyed it so thanks everybody bye do we thank you or what i say i fall in the or what category